go to your prayer closet. Gonna bang, 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 bang. God is faithful. The Bible says, do not grow weary in doing good for in due season you shall reap if you do not lose heart. Hallelujah. God is so good. Aren't you glad God is good? How many of you have seen the goodness of God over the last few years? Seen the goodness of God over the last few years. Come on, we sometimes we need to remind yourselves and remind ourselves of the goodness of God and and, and have testimony and declare that, that goodness of God. We were just talking as we came in, in the car this morning about how we use social media or we don't use social media. And what a platform that is for every believer to declare the goodness of God. And yet so often we, we use it for all sorts of other funny things and odd things and fun things. We declare the goodness of God and the testimonies of God working in our lives. Just thinking this week and how we 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 still we're still talking about and use the phrase the last two years, the pandemic, COVID. It's almost like we're bringing it into bringing it into a timeline of our life, our life and our life stories, and defining some things and defining the way we the way we view things. And we treated what we, we dealt with those with the last few years in, in different ways. But I think there's times there's time when we need to get to a place where we stop so much looking back but start looking forward and moving on and not getting stuck somewhere. And how how we dealt with the last two years and how we got to where we are, I believe is a lot has been determined in your life as a Christian and life as church as to, as to where we're rooted and how we're rooted. I spoke a, a series some years ago on, on, on being rooted and the, the key scripture I was using and was from Colossians chapter 2 and verse 6 through 7. I believe we need to be a people who, 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 are, who are really rooted in what is, what is of the kingdom of God. Because we can have roots that go all over the place. We talk about, you know, you talk about someone about, well, where are your roots? Maybe we may speak to somebody in the, in the house here and, you know, you, you don't come, you come from a different nation, your heritage is somewhere else, and you say, well, where are your roots? And... You know, they're in this place or in that place, or you have roots in this culture or that culture. Um, but, as a, but as a believer, there's a, great, we be, there's a great leveler. And they were all part of the same kingdom, the kingdom of God. We're all part of the same family. And, and how we're rooted and where we're rooted will have a great effect on how we deal with things. How we move on in life, how we how we how we see things take place in our lives. And in Colossians chapter two and verse six through seven says, As you therefore have received Jesus Christ the Lord. Is there, is there anybody here this morning who has received Jesus Christ? 
That's three of you. We'll have a prayer. We'll have an altar call later on and see if we can get some more people saved this morning. But as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, you've received him as Jesus is as Lord, you've received him as Lord, so he is the Lord of your life. You're born again of the Spirit of God, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. So walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. I tell you, it is so important, I believe. You know, we we will see things in the kingdom of God happen to a greater degree, to a greater degree, the more we are rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. As you've been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. So the Apostle Paul is writing to a church. He's, he's, you're born again of the Spirit of God. You know, so walk in him, walking. You're rooted and you're built up in him, established in the faith. As you have been taught, I've taught you some things. It's so important that we receive, that we allow ourselves to be taught. By those, of course, who've got something to say. Those who are walking in him, rooted and built up in and established in the faith. As you have been taught so, abounding in it with thanksgiving. See, when we receive Jesus Christ as Lord, it's, it's the beginning of an incredible journey. Incredible journey which, and a story of our life which we are the central character but if you know the story of the sower, I've heard one parable, one parable this morning. You know the parable of the sower, the story of the sower who some seed fell on good soil. Not all the seed, but some seed fell on good soil. And the seed that fell on good soil reproduced, it reproduced some 30-fold, some 60-fold, and some 100-fold. So, so the, the seed falls on good soil. And if you know that story, you know that the seed goes on to produce fruit. The intention of the seed is to produce fruits. So the intention, if you like, of, of you and your life being born again of the Spirit of God, coming into the kingdom of God, there's an intention there of you to produce fruits. And that 30-fold, that 60-fold, that 100-fold harvest came from the seed that found itself in good soil, and put down roots. That which didn't have any, was on the path, it couldn't put roots down into anything. So the seed that produced fruit, the seed that produced some 30-fold, some 60-fold, and some 100-fold was a seed that found itself in the soil where it could put down some roots and, 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 and establish itself in that place to grow and to produce incredible fruits. Now, the Bible says that we, we are chosen. God chose us, but we decided, didn't we? You decided. You made a decision to follow Jesus. You know, but what did you decide? It's almost like that seed that decided to fall, fall on the good soil, it made a decision to put, put, put down its roots. So did, when you decided, did you decide to so walk with him? Because many times, if, if we don't decide to walk with him, we won't walk with him. 
You want to talk about sin, if you, you know, sin is, is turning, repenting from sin and being forgiven of our sin is turning away and not walking that way anymore. It's turning, it's making a decision to walk, if you like, in a different direction with that past life behind us and walking in new life. So we decide, you know, we used to sing and we sing and we put it on our t-shirts when we get baptized, I have decided. I made a decision. I, it wasn't just something which is going to happen because I, I prayed a prayer. I'm going to sit back and, and let God do his thing in my life. No, I have decided. I made a conscious decision to change the way I live. To stop living for what I used to live for and start living for Christ. As you therefore have received Christ... Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. When you decide to so walk in him, you then start putting your roots down and you get built up and you establish yourself in the faith. And I believe if you're here today, then I'm assuming you did, you decided. You'd had to decide to come to church this morning. A lot of other things you could be doing. We decide to come into the house of God. We decide to gather with, with, with family and, 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 the, and the community and, and just worship God and just embrace his presence and allow him to minister to us, receive from him this morning. It's a decision we make. And of course, not only did you know, he, he, cho- he chose us, but he chose us with purpose in mind. He chose us with a future. He chose us with a, had a plan for our life. Not, not only did God, God choose you, but he created us. Not only did he choose you, but he created you. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. He created them. Did, did you, did, if you? If you look at the verse before, you see who he created us to be like. Then God said in verse 26, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let him have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and so on. And so, so when, as a Christian, the Bible says, you know, we have been created in the image of Christ. So when you look at a Christian, you should look, we, we should look, feel, smell, if you like. We should be, there should be something of Jesus in us. Should be recognizable from those maybe around us, recognizable as those who are of the who are born again of the Spirit of God. And Jesus followed on with that. And when he in the New Testament, John chapter five and verse fifteen, he says, "Yes, I am the vine; you are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing." See, God wants us to reproduce. But you can't reproduce if your roots aren't in him. Because we reproduce like. If you spend a lot of time around somebody who's very, very negative, you reproduce negativity. If you spend a lot of time around somebody who's very positive and full of faith, that's what you'll reproduce. And 
Jesus followed on with that. He says, yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit from apart from me. You can do nothing. Matthew 28, and Jesus came and spoke to them and said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Unless our roots are in him, unless we're established in him, we are not going to do anything for the kingdom of God. God wants us to be a people who do incredible things for the kingdom of God. Make a mark on society, if you like. And so as a Christian, you know, it's like growth isn't optional, is it? Growth is not an option for us to say, well, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I want to be one of those Christians who grows, but I, or I wanna, and we don't, you know, we're not going to say, I, I want to be a Christian, but I don't want to grow. I don't want to become any more. I don't want to establish myself anymore. I just want to stay the way I am. If, you, if that's the way you, you say, and that's the way you, the way you see it, you've missed it somewhere. We are designed to grow. Growth isn't an option. You know, Banning Liebscher said once, says, as a follower of Jesus, you cannot escape his mandate to disciple nations. That sounds huge, doesn't it? That sounds huge. That sounds way beyond us. You know, I'm not a disciple of the nations. But yes, you are. You can't escape that. We play our part, each and every one of us. He says, it's, it's the call on your life. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I will be with you always. Each and every one of us have been given a measure of influence. If you've got a social media account, you've got a measure of influence. Do you believe that? It's a measure of influence, which I believe we have to take, 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 a, take responsible, responsibly. We have a measure of influence and are placed on a team that is changing the world. You, you, you embrace the family of God. You're not on your own as a Christian, are you? It's not even me, you, and us few. It's a huge family of God. You know, we're part of the, the worldwide church, but it's also important that we're part of a local church. This huge family of God. And that statement from him sounds, sounds overwhelming when you think, well, you know, discipling nations is beyond me. It is, it is, it may be on your own, but you're not on your own. There's a lot of things that aren't we aren't capable to do on our own. But with others and with the body of Christ, we are, we are well able yeah. as we take our place as the individual who we have been created to be. I believe when every individual takes on and embraces their God-given purpose, the world changes. 
feels almost like it's the other way around, isn't it? Now, there's so much being, we're being bombarded with and steered in directions, which when we read the Bible, we're, this is, we're going in the wrong direction. That's why, church, we need to rise up. And the church, which, which, which used to have a voice, seems like to have very little voice now. And so we're getting swept along with this theory and that theory and this idea and that idea. We're expected, expect, expected to receive this and accept this and accept that. And if you say that in church, you're going to get yourself in trouble. I wonder what the Apostle Paul would have thought about being restricted on what he says in church. I wonder what those early pioneers of the faith would have said about having to be told they could say this and they couldn't say that. They couldn't cover this and they couldn't cover that because it would offend somebody or offend somebody here and offend somebody there. Sometimes it feels like the church has got a lot of catching up to do. Do you believe the church should have a voice? Do you believe the church has lost some of its voice? So the church has got a lot of catching up to do. And that isn't just the responsibility of somebody else. Sometimes we use that they should do this and they should do that. The church should do this and the church should do that. I've heard people say the church should be doing this and the church should be doing that. Forgetting that they are the church. Sometimes we feel like we should be doing a lot of catching up. 1 John 4 and verse 4 says, You are... Uh, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Do you believe that? Well, you should do because it says it in the Bible. That's why it's important that we make declarations like, God, you are so good. When everything seems to be coming about us, coming at us and against us, you know, I, I, people have got things going on in their lives where we need to declare that, God, you are so good. Have you got something going on in your life which you, which you would say right now is a challenge? Come on, be honest. We need to be a people. You need to be a people and get around people who will declare, God, you are so good. Now, Calvin's dad, Roger, this week is facing a major operation. Other people have had operations, I know, for, for various things in the church. But no, that is, that, that, this is the day when we need to be declaring, God, you are so good. Well, it sounds a bit silly for me to say, no, it doesn't sound silly at all. It sounds biblical. It sounds kingdom to say, God is so good. And Jesus went into the wilderness, he went into the woods, was tempted by the devil. Did he just lay back? Oh, well, this is the wilderness. You can say what you like to me, but you know. No. It is written. It is written. God, you are so good. God, you are so good. Because greater is he who is in us than he who is in this world. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus says, 
And he states when, who we are and where we are and what is available to us. He says, but you, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Well, yeah. I saw that about. No, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So Jesus is saying there, he says, you're going to receive power. You're going to receive the ability. You're going to receive the strength. You're going to, have to, you're going to receive the opportunity to put your roots into something which is going to nourish you, strengthen you, and sustain you to start making a difference in society. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So he's saying to them, I'm, you know, you need to just start right where you are. Start producing fruit right where you are, right within your world. Right in your workplace, right in your home, right in your neighborhood, right, right in your social media feed and all that sort of stuff. Right in that place. You, 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 know, you, you, should, you need to start producing fruit right where you are. And, and by the way, I'm giving you all the power you need. I'm giving you all the power you need. You just need to tap into it. You just need to connect to it. You need to put your roots into it. But you have to want to tap into that power. You have, to, you have to want to so walk. You have to make that decision to say, I, I have decided. Since you have received Jesus Christ as Lord, so walk in him. Make that decision. He's not going to put you in a pram and push you along. Like a little child or like a dog that doesn't like walking that goes, up, goes off in a, in a dog pram. Ever seen him? Can take a dog for a walk? No, can take a dog for a push. <laughs> pushy time, pushy time, dog, pushy time. You don't say walk time. Do you want to go for a walk? Dogs up, you know, push time. Dogs flies into the push chair and you push him off. You have to connect, you have to want to so walk. Make a decision. Now, your life in Christ isn't one, you're just going to be pushed along in a pram. Go here, go there. Because you're a little just so immature and so 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 childlike and so not I've not got the mind to suck in and, and receive what God has for you. As you have received Jesus Christ. So walk in him. So make that a sin to walk in him, but to be rooted and grounded and established. You have to want to tap into that power. And in tapping into that power, you have to maybe look up from where you are. You know, too many, too, too much of our of our Christian walk, we're just encouraged to look in the mirror and take care of ourselves. 
Just going to make sure I'm okay. We have to look up from where we are. Surrender our lives to him. Remember, you, as you look up from where you are, you have been given a, given a measure. You've been given a measure of influence. You've been given, of course, a measure of faith too. You know, we, we know the, the accounts of men and women in the Bible who achieve great things for God. Sometimes I think it's good to look beyond, beyond those men and women who did great things for God. Because around those great men and women who did great things for God, there are great teams of men and women who did incredible things. They just don't get named. But they got their attention off of themselves and looked up from where they were. And saw great things take place. Know that we don't know all their names. But we know something of the sort of people they were. And we know something of the sort of people they become, became. And we know something of the sort of people, people they received. You think of David. It's mighty men. Now David's mighty men didn't start out mighty. Do you know that? Mighty men don't always start out mighty. Mighty women... Don't always start out, start out mighty. They start out as babies. Did you ever realize that? No, you didn't start out the way you are today. You started out a little baby. Probably a little cute little baby. Everyone, meh, meh, meh. David's mighty men, they didn't start out mighty. Because in 1 Samuel chapter 22 and verse 1 through 2, it says, David therefore departed from there, and escaped to the cave of Adullam. He's on the run. He was dodging and ducking. But he knew he had a call on his life. Have you ever had to dodge and duck because you know you've got a call on your life? You have to be a bit savvy. And he escaped, the Bible says, to the cave of Adullam. So when his brothers and all his father's house heard it, they went down there to him. And everyone who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, and everyone who was discontented, what a bunch of oddbots. What a bunch of people with challenges. What a bunch of people with difficulties. But they decided. They made a decision. They recognized the man of God, the God in, in David. He was a man, the Bible says, he was a, God after, a man after God's own heart, a worshiper, and a man who knew how to have a relationship with God, knew who he was, and knew whose he was. And so when his brothers and all his fathers had heard it, they went down to him there, and everyone who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, everyone who was distressed, discontented, gathered to him. So he became captain over them, and they were, there were about 400 men with him. So they, 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 made a dis, they made a decision. Yeah, they, they didn't have everything together. But I guess they recognized that. 
And they said, we need to be around the man of God. We need to be around someone who knows how to worship. We need to, we need to be around somebody who knows how to bring the word of God. We need to be around somebody who, is, who, has a, who, who knows our position in life and knows and is able to say, God is good. No matter what is going on around us, no matter how distressed things may be, no matter how difficult things may be, no matter how discouraged we are. Yeah, they were people who gathered together, because often discouraged people gather together, and people in debt gather together, and people who are discontent gather together because they like just to hang around that little honey pot of, of discontentment and talk over their discontentment. But they went to the place where, where David was, where the one who was going to speak life to them, where the one who was going to declare the goodness of God over them. And everything starts, of course, to turn around. So we don't know their names. We just know them as people who God was able to turn around because they said, I have decided. What about Gideon's 300 men? Gideon's 300 men started out as 32,000, was it? And just 300 men were able to overcome the Midianites with their jars, their lamps, and their swords. And a big old shout. We don't know their names, but they knew who they were, and they knew whose they were, and they weren't, they, they, they weren't full of fear because the fearful ones were allowed to go home. He tested them at the water, and he's left with 300 men who said, we have decided. We're going to walk in him. We're going to put our roots down and receive sustenance and nutrition and that which comes from having a relationship with God. You know, Nehemiah, he gets all the praise, doesn't he, in Nehemiah for rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. What about all the people that were, that were just building the walls with him? What about all those team members? What about all those people who don't have, we don't know their names was, they were, what their names were? They were just people who were part of, those, that, part of that crowd. And decided to clean off dirty, dirty and burnt stones. Clean all the rubbish off. Clear the place out and, and start, if you like, from scratch. Because they knew where their roots were and they put their roots into the things of the kingdom of God. Just ordinary people. Some get named and others don't. But it says it there in Nehemiah chapter 3 and verse 27 and verse 28. After them, the Tekoites repaired another section next to the great projecting tower and as far as the wall of Ophel, beyond the gates, the priests made repair each in front of his own house. Just right where they were. There was something for them to do, something for them to get a hold of, something for them to recognize that greater is he who is in us than he who is in this world. We're gathering around Nehemiah. We're putting our roots down into what he has and what he is into the kingdom of God. And we're going to allow ourselves to grow. We have decided to rebuild these walls of Jerusalem no matter what it takes, no matter how much, you know, intimidation we get no matter what comes against us no matter how many people you know just try and tell us we're just wasting our time we're going to get behind this thing and we're going to build and we're going to build we're going to where, where should we build well we should build right where we are right outside my door 
in front of his own house. I'll tell you, church, there's a wall in front of you that needs building. Right in front of you. Right in front of you. There's a wall that needs building. God can only work with you where you're at. And physically, these people were in a place, but spiritually, they're putting their roots into something which is greater than who they were. They put their roots thing rooted and grounded in him. And they started right where they were. You know, you, you don't have to go anywhere to develop intimacy to grow. Some people think if they, if they go here, they go there, they can't, I can't, I've got to reposition myself physically. You know, this wall was right in front of them and the wall in front of them was knocked down. So right outside their door, they started to rebuild. Didn't have to go anywhere, but they, started, they became these men and women who rebuilt. It wasn't just Nehemiah's wall that they rebuilt. We just know him as the name who is the key figure in it. There's an army of God's men and women who said, we're going to get behind this and we're going to walk, build, and we're going to build, and we're going to build. See, everything, every, everything is in the soil for you to establish roots that find nutrients to be fruitful. And sometimes we put, our, we, put our, we, put our, we put our roots into all sorts of things around us. As I said, I'm trying to get away from talking about the last two years uh, and move on into the next two years, and the next three years, the next four years, the next five years, the next ten years. But as you, as, you, as, you, as you face challenges in life, you come out the other side depending on where your roots are. Because it's where your roots are that you gain sustenance. You know, you know, they're talking about droughts around the country in the UK here, you know, because you haven't had a lot of rain and um, the soil's dry. And, but it, but, it, but when, when a plant gets its roots established, it'll stay green. It'll grow, it'll die for the water, it'll die for that which is where there's moisture. And I tell you, we need to be a people church who dive and put our roots into the things of the kingdom of God. Get our roots established in the faith, in the word of God, and see how God would want to just use us and see things change. You know, Jesus just didn't pass on information to his disciples. He provided for them an environment where they could impact and, and, and impart who they were he provided an environment. He gave them opportunities. He didn't just give them information, information, information. You can come across people who've got a lot of information, but not a lot of revelation. But the disciples, as they grew, they were getting revelation because they were trying things. And he was giving them opportunities to, as they were putting their roots into the things which he was teaching them. And they were getting a grasp on it. And church, he still does that today. Now, you can, you can be planted in church and rooted in church, but you also need to be rooted in, 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 in Him. And the two go together. Romans, uh, not Romans, Psalm 92 and verse 13 says, Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still be fresh and flourishing, even in old age. 
The two go hand in hand. We're being planted in the house of God and being rooted in the kingdom of God. Having your roots. You know, you can be, you could say you're planted in a church, be very much a part of a church, but you may not have any, a lot of revelation and not a lot of rooting in the things of the kingdom of God. The two go, the two go hand in hand together. And when, you, when you're rooted in him, you'll recognize the importance and have a desire to be planted in church. The two go hand in hand. God wants us to be these people who are rooted in him. Rooted in you know, our, our lives. You know, our lives have been shaped, if you like, by our pre-Christ life. So often. If you, if you got born again as a very young person, you know, your, 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 your life has been shaped in the early stages by maybe the type of church you were in and the sort of environment you were in. But our lives, if, if you get born again later in life, your life has already been shaped by a, a, your pre-Christ life. Um, <clears throat> or if you like, our pre-revelation life. But as we establish a root system in him, we encounter Christ, which in turn then reshapes our life. God wants us to be shaping our life, I believe, around who he is. Shaping our life around who, who he's called us to be. And we get that by being rooted in him. The, the, the fruit, then, see, see, the fruit of our life then becomes like the, the, the seed of our life. That's why he says, you know, about being joined to the vine. If you, when, you're, when, you're, when you're joined to the vine, you, you produce of the vine. So you, know, you're not, you can't produce of what you're not rooted in. Or you will produce what you're rooted in, but what you're rooted in is, is if you like, it's determined, or so you, what your, your fruit of your life is determined by what you're rooted in. That's why some people really struggled through the last two years in maintaining their walk with God and their life in the kingdom of God and their life in the house of God. They struggled with it because their roots weren't in the things of the kingdom of God. There may be in something else, and we can get our sometimes we can get our roots here, there, and everywhere, and get this mixture. And we'll find, you know, you'll find a, the, a, a, a doctrine to suit your preferences. That's why it's so important to know the word, the word of God, which is our source, which is our source. And so we church need to be intentional in our rooting, where we allow our roots to go down. You know, you'll find that your certain, certain plants thrive in different soils. So certain plants will only thrive in an alkaline soil, and other plants will only thrive in an acid soil. And so you need know, to why a gardener, a, a grower, needs to know where to plant what sort of plants. If he lives in a particular part of the country, he's going to know he's not going to grow that sort of plant in that area. He, may, but he will be able to plant something else in that area which will thrive. So we need to be intentional in where we place our roots. I believe when we get rooted, God will show us what is possible. God wants us rooted in him. He wants us intentional in our rooting. So if you're here this morning, you say, I need to readjust how I, how I root. Let, let me let's, let's take, on that, take on that scripture. 
from Colossians chapter 2 and verse 6 through 7, as you therefore have received Jesus Christ the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in faith. You see what takes place in your life. And maybe in your knocking, maybe with your knocking, as, as, as well as your knocking, you maybe need to redirect your roots. A lot of times in the kingdom, of, in the kingdom, a lot of times in the kingdom of God, a lot of things come together to bring things into alignment. Sometimes we hear something from here, we see here something from there, and if it aligns with the Word of God, we get we see the breakthroughs. Yes, for instance, you may you may want a family. You haven't got a family. Maybe you want a family. You just don't, you don't just sit back and say, well, I just want a family. You've got to find yourself a husband or a wife and get married and have children. Things come together. Things kind of we have to maybe just reposition things where we how we place our roots and where we're intentional. Get rooted in the things of the kingdom of God. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up. Stop looking in the mirror. Try and put your roots into the things of yourself. Get your roots into the Word of God. I want to encourage you this morning. So I think as we move on, I, I believe we have to almost like go up a gear in our walk with God. Too much has been defined by the last couple of years, the pandemic and COVID. A lot of things have sort of slowed down and we're accepting this and we're accepting that. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him rooted and built up in Him. When you're rooted in the things of the kingdom, when you're rooted in the Word of God, things come into alignment. So walk in Him. Maybe you're here this morning. You say, "I, I, I just need to take on some of something of that today." I'm going to up my pace in my walk. I'm going to up my stride as I'm walking in Him. 
I'm going to be more intentional in my rooting myself in Him. Allowing Him to guide my life. I believe for some of you that that is going together with that knocking. Just all stand on our feet this morning. Let the Holy Spirit to minister to you.